One of the main advantages of startups is speed. You execute quickly so you can grow faster than your competitors, and then you take the incumbents down, right? That's how the story goes. Well, unfortunately, going fast and executing quickly is a little harder when you're remote because you're not in the same room. You can't get together and whiteboard out a problem, right? Remote makes it a little slower, which really matters for a startup, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our new sponsor for forward-thinking founders, Sidekick. Sidekick is a hardware device that connects remote founders with an always-on video. With Sidekick, you just turn and you talk just as if you're sitting in the same room. It's great for teams that are working on something from scratch and are working all the time founding a company. Luckily, because you're a listener of forward-thinking founders, you get Sidekick for a discount, $5 off per device. So if you're interested in having an in-person feeling, in-person environment with your remote team, feel free to go to sidekick.video slash FTF to get $5 off a device per device. So you could save up to $20, $30, $40 a month by going to sidekick.video slash FTF. So if you're feeling the remote woes, you know where to go. Sidekick.video slash FTF. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical skill yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Anish Agnihotri, who's one of the creators of Vibes. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I, 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 it must have been last week where I saw this like hype about you know Vibes in my news feed, and I was like digging in. I'm like, there's something really interesting going on here, so I'm really excited to have you on and learn more about what you're working on and, and, and what the future looks like. So I think to start, let's start with Vibes. Um, what is Vibes? And then kind of after that, we'll get into like how Vibes got started. Sure. Yeah, so Vibes is a quick project that a few friends and I spun up last week. Uh, we got a message from one of my friends, Darshan, uh, around Wednesday afternoon saying, hey, uh, we're all in this like depressing period of time with COVID going on and a pandemic, everyone's stuck at home. Uh, what if there was a way to spread a little bit of positivity in everyone's life? You know, give them a quick message that they can wake up to, something to smile about, something to stay in catch with everyone. And so we thought of Vibes, which is a simple way where you can log in with your Twitter account and you can post one positive message, anything that happened to you throughout the day, anything positive, post it once every single day. 
And so far we've had pretty good reception. We've got uh, over 200 people over the last couple of days who have posted their messages of positivity for other people. And it's really just a great way to, you know, share the spirit with everyone while we're stuck at home and uh, see what everyone's up to. It almost feels like at the same time it is helpful for people reading, but it's almost just as helpful for people writing because it's practicing in some capacity gratitude. Is that, is that, I guess going into vibes, is that kind of one, is it more for people reading or is it more for the writers of like reminding themselves that there's good things happening, you know, every day? Absolutely. It's a bit of both. I think uh, we have a little wall that shows all of the messages that people have been posting. So it's super positive just reading through those. And at the same time, I think it's a bit of like a reflection activity too, where people think about all the day they go through their mind and they're like, Hey, what are the good things that happened to me today? And it sort of not only jogs their memory, but sort of lets them reflect on the good things that happened and uh, share those with everyone else. Uh, we used uh, the new GPT three, uh, API that's sort of been blowing up on Twitter right now and we wanted to make something positive out of AI and so we've got like uh, content filtering through the platform to ensure that it's all positive and uh, that's sort of the idea behind the project it's we want only positive things on the platform so that people are sort of empowered to uh, go through it read and uh, stay happy. So I, d- I definitely don't want this podcast to be focused a lot or even just like a little on GTP3 but I mm-hmm. And I do have guests coming on in the in the near future that are like the whole show is focused on that. But like for based on for for my own sanity, for like a minute or thirty seconds, can you describe what GTP three is and what you're able to do with it, just on a really basic level, just so people that know that it's a thing but don't know what it can do, um, can understand what the what what you can do with it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so GPT three is a new uh, AI model that's been made by OpenAI. And it's a super cool platform and that enables people to use artificial intelligence for a ton of cool things. I think it's really important really quick because it lets users take simple text and make so much more out of it. So on Twitter, we've been seeing people make things like design tools and all of these fantastic things. In Vibes, it's a more so simple use of GPT-3 where every single time somebody posts a message, it sends it to GPT-3 and says, hey, does this look like a positive message? And if GPT-3 says yes, then we let it post. And if GPT-3 says no, then we pause it and uh, make you change up your message a little bit. Got it. It's um, it's pretty, I don't know if the word is funny. The word isn't funny, but it, it's it's exciting to see all the excitement. Definitely. GPT-3 and just everyone's, you know, it seems like this is a whole new layer of development, which will allow for many different companies to be built that we couldn't, you know, a year ago, which is really exciting. Um, so let's go a little bit into a little more of the origin story of Vibes, less about like the idea, the idea and more about the people, you know, who decided to start working on this. You said you and a couple of friends decided to start doing this. Um, you know, it, can, I, can, can you give me some context into, is this like a group? Will you ship things in the future? Um, and then just kind of, we can go, go from there. Sure. Yeah. So Vibes did come out of a, a group of people. It's uh, We call ourselves the Gen Z Mafia, uh, which is a funny name, but it's really just a collection of kids who sort of fall into the Gen Z spectrum, which is anywhere from like uh, young teenagers up until around 25 years of age. And uh, it all started from a tweet that went out from um, Emma on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago about a Discord server that she was making for young kids in tech. And uh, I hopped onto it, a couple of other people hopped onto it, and now we've got about 
200 kids in the channel uh, who are all super passionate about like building tools, hacking, building cool things and uh, spreading positivity all together. And so we started this um, sort of collection of individuals called Gen Z Mafia. And uh, this is sort of like, Vibes was sort of like our first drop, so to speak, where uh, we're trying to ship a couple new products, a couple new projects, just cool things uh, into the world every couple of weeks. I want to talk about the serendipity or the serendipitous way that it grew like you said there was this jump right you said like you and a couple people you know joined and now there's 200 people and this is it seems like in some ways the power of san francisco specifically in the last 50 years is like you know everyone's kind of there serendipity one person knows another person all of a sudden it's a big party like a peter teal's house or whatever right like right right now like that is kind of moved to the cloud in some ways um so can you kind of describe if you're able to how did it, I mean, like almost in, in detail, how did you get from a couple of people to 200 and what's it like in there? What's the energy like? And uh, um, I don't know, what are some of the possibilities that could come out of this? Not necessarily just like tomorrow or the next day, but I don't know, like what, 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 what are you seeing? What could potentially happen from the Gen Z Mafia? Right. So I think the Gen Z Mafia has largely been successful and grown this much because of the internet sort of being like a catalyst to connect people. And I think in this time where everyone's remote, uh, when we weren't remote, SF used to be like the hub of innovation where everyone would have these parties and people would collect together and sort of interact and new products and ideas would be made. Now that we're all on the internet and we're at home, it's a lot more like decentralized where everyone is talking to someone else from all around the world. And uh, I, of course, can't take complete credit for the growth of the Discord and the community. It's more so the work of like MSLNS, who started it and a few other people. And over time, it's just everyone wants to build. Everyone is stuck at home and wants to do something positive. And uh, we've just been inviting our own friends. We've been finding cool Gen Zers on Twitter. There's so many people that have very small followings but are doing all of these cool things. And we sort of wanted to give them a platform where they could meet other kids like themselves, uh, build cool products together, and then sort of launch on Twitter, launch on Product Hunt, and uh, make these things go big and help the world. Uh, Thinking more long-term, Uh, We're definitely looking into how this could grow and expand more. Uh, Right now, a couple of ideas are sort of doing like uh, mischief-like drops and things of cool projects that we're building every couple of weeks, uh, which is what we're exploring right now. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty exciting just because how quickly things can happen on the internet. I mean, I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, and I've Mm -hmm. never lived in San Francisco. I was there for three months for an accelerator, and that's it. So I've like kind of been operating on this like cloud-based model for a little while. And it, it it's like now that everyone is kind of operating on the cloud-based model, the like, because everyone else is on, just like everyone that, you know, was in tech, was in SF. Now everyone's online. So right. much can happen. So, like there's so much opportunity. Um, and uh, I think the most exciting thing about where, where you're at um, and the Gen Z mafia is the only thing ahead of you is possibility. Like you could go this way or that way or that way, but you got all these smart people together that wanted that are similar in many many ways. And you just want to ship cool stuff. Like what a cool opportunity for you all. Right. And uh, we've had good community reception as well. Like uh, not just Gen Z, but we've had uh, like a few individuals that we've been reaching out to sort of like uh, to give talks and conversations, fireside chats with these uh, Gen Z students. And we're sort of growing it out. Uh, last week, for example, we had uh, Bill Pulte, the uh, philanthropist, uh, 
who we got a connection through Twitter and he hopped on and he spoke for like an hour to these Gen Z kids about what he does and the world around us and how it's going to change. And so it's definitely been a super good experience. And let's talk about Twitter for a second, because you you mentioned that you found a lot of people with small followings, but are Gen Gen Z and smart on Twitter. Love to take a step back and kind of learn about how you use Twitter in general, like before Gen Z Mafia, just like when you got on, when you started using it, like when you started to get really engaged. And then secondly, at what point did you start using it as a tool to like, almost not for business, but like for finding people to join things that you're working on? Or is that how you've always used it? Has that always been a Twitter use case for you? Yeah. So for me, Twitter is a fantastic tool. It's probably one of the apps that I use the most simply because it lets me connect to all of these cool people who are all around the world and they want nothing more than to just talk to you, right? It's, uh, everyone's super available. Uh, Twitter, I started, I think I got an account about a year and a half ago. So I'm still one of the more earlier people to adopt and hop onto the platform. But I think in more recent times, I've begun to use it to sort of reach out to people, learn more about them and see how we can work together. I think everyone is really open to speaking to you. I'm big on like cold DMs, cold emails. And so I just sort of send a message to people like, hey, uh, your project that you just came out with came across my timeline. This is super cool. Do you want to hop onto a call and like uh, go through what it is, what it's about and like uh, how I can help? And that has been super, super cool. Uh, To me, that's been fantastic. Uh, In fact, a quick story. uh, I actually got, I'm interning this summer at a VC company in San Fran and I actually got the internship through a tweet I saw from someone on Twitter where they were sort of showing like a cold email they sent for their internship. And I DM them like, Hey, do you guys have space and would you be willing to take an intern? I'd love to help out. And so I think Twitter's a huge catalyst for like uh, meeting new people and doing cool things. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Um, and I kind of, the, the last thing I want to touch on before we talk future for vibes and future for Gen Z mafia is with just to learn, love to learn a little bit about you. Um, you know, you, you're involved with all these interesting things. You just mentioned you are, you know, interning or have a, have a role or job in a VC type firm or a VC firm. Um, kind of would love to learn like, you know, in like one or two minutes, like what are you into? What's your path and kind of how do you land to where you are today and, and where do you want to go as, a, as, as an individual? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm 17. I'm uh, based out of Toronto, Ontario and uh, up north in Canada. And uh, I'm big on tech and building cool things. Uh, hacking is sort of the word I go with where I go to hackathons and spend 36, 48, 72 hours working with cool people to build cool projects, which we're not necessarily doing for like monetary gain or for like a long-term venture, but more so just things that we see like a problem in and want to help fix. Uh, I'm going to be an incoming freshman at the University of Waterloo, and uh, I'm currently a research intern at Polychain Capital, which is a uh, crypto VC and hedge fund in San Fran. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing all that. On on the hackathon front, I have to ask because I need to like learn about the market. Do you, have you? This might be a very naive question, but have you heard of major league hacking? And is that like a, a thing? Like, do you go to those hackathons or do you go to different hackathons? Yeah, uh, Major League Hacking is one of the largest organizations that runs uh, hackathons. They're mostly focused on high school and university hackathons. And uh, I've been to, I think, seven or eight MLH hackathons in the last year or two. 
uh, it's definitely fantastic. They run fantastic hackathons, uh, very well organized. And I definitely recommend if you want to check it out, do go to like a local MLH hackathon that you can find. And uh, even if you don't know programming or code, I'd encourage everyone to do it at least once because that experience of being surrounded by like equally entrepreneurial mindset driven people is super, super fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And if if you're listening to this, I I also highly encourage. The reason I ask is because I had Swift, who is the founder of MLH, on. um, (laughs) And I had a hard onto the podcast. And because I you know, operate remotely from everywhere. Like it's, I'm in Phoenix. It's not like much going on. I like try to almost use the podcast to piece together. Great. You're doing this, you're doing this, are these connected, et cetera. So cool. So, uh, so that's good to know that I'm like from your view, like MLH is like the, like that one of the primary ones for high school and college all and all. Um, yeah. I mean, now I know like some people that way and less with no. So cool. Anyway, that was a little mental thing. Anyways. Um, what, I guess my last last couple of questions, going back to vibes um, and going back to the drops. So do you plan on investing heavily into vibes um, and, you know, not growing it into a startup or like a big company, but making it better and almost having like a product manager for it? Or is it just this fun project, this one drop that you did and now all the focus goes to the next drop and then the next drop? How do you think about investing in your drops versus just dropping them and see what happens? Yeah, I think, uh, in my opinion, I know the team might have differing opinions. We're sort of still hashing things out. But uh, in my opinion, it's a little bit of both, where we're going to be launching drops that are somewhat finished projects. So these aren't things that are like work in progresses, but things that we actually want people to use and people can actually benefit from. And once we finish one drop, we're going to be moving on to the next one. But that isn't to say that we can't come back to another drop and improve it and uh, continue offering fixes and patches. It's just that a lot of the drops that we're planning are sort of like self-contained projects that don't need much maintenance beyond their initial launch. So for example, with Vibes, there's really nothing that we need to do to moderate the posts or check the content or anything that could break. Everything is sort of deployed and ready to go and can last for as long as need be and help as many people and then in the meantime, we can work on our next drop. And uh, are you able or willing to share what's in the pipeline for drops, what you're thinking of about the next one and you know the next couple? Or is that, is that secret for us to find out upon drop day? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that that is definitely something you should look out for. I'm uh, hoping when we launch our next drops, we'll get just as much reception on Twitter and Product Hunt and various other platforms like we did for Vibes. And uh, it'll definitely pop up on your timeline. Uh, To give the listeners a sneak peek, though, our next one is sort of along the lines of a self-guided meditation. And so it's going to be something to help people relax during times like this when everyone seems to be stressed. Uh, We noticed that uh, when people are home, it's sort of hard to divide in between what's home and uh, what's work. It's sort of like switching a tab to Netflix and now you're at home, switching a tab to Slack and now you're at work. So we're trying to launch a couple of things to sort of separate that divide and to keep people calm and rested. And then for my last question, um, well, I guess I have two more questions. You kind of answered this already, but I didn't frame it in, in a great way. So I'll ask one more time. Um, so for Gen Z Mafia, let's say this becomes wildly successful and it's something that like, you know, is able to sustain itself financially and everyone's enjoying it and it just becomes something, um, you know, big, what could, what, what could this look like in 10 years? Obviously I know this is a very new 
Um, but like, what's, if you have a vision or if the team has a vision, I'd love to hear it, what it could potentially be if it all works out and it becomes, you know, a big thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, the team does have big visions and we're all exploring those. My personal vision is that I could sort of see this becoming like 10 years down the line if we uh, push for that far, uh, sort of like a syndicate that invests in other small projects that are built by Gen Z kids. I think personally that it's pretty difficult for a new Gen Z kid, someone that's young to hop in, um, get the funding that they require to build their cool ideas and go from there. I think uh, if we're successful with a few of our drops and we make some income from that, we definitely want to reinvest it back into the ecosystem of Gen Z kids that we're building and uh, invest it into their companies and the cool projects that they're building that they'll continue to push forth even beyond Gen Z Mafia. And then for my last question, um, I, if someone wanted to follow along, let's say someone was listening and they weren't kind of on Twitter, they, they, were selling, they weren't on like the cloud SF yet, how could someone learn more about what you're doing, follow your jobs, find your website? Like, is there a website or do they just have to get into Twitter and, you know, watch the newsfeed? How can someone engage with the brand? Yeah, so we've got a website up at genzmafia.com and we have a Twitter at Gen Z Mafia. And so those are the two primary sources of where we're going to be releasing information. Uh, if you go onto our website, there's actually a place where you can sort of drop your email. And every time we have a new drop, we'll send out an email to the mailing list and be like, hey, this is the cool stuff that we've been working out. We'd love for you to check it out. Uh, that's pretty much the easiest way to stay in touch. But uh, beyond that, yeah, definitely. It's, we're hoping that a lot of our projects are sort of things that pop up on people's timelines. Uh, maybe catch them off guard like drops should, but be cool things that people want to check out and socially share themselves. All right. Well, I've learned a lot in this and I'm really hopeful and excited for what you all will build with the Gen Z Mafia. And hopefully when you have future drops and, you know, if it's one you really want to push, you can come back on the podcast or someone can and let me know about it and let the audience know about it. So thanks again for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate it. I think that you have a lot of fun stuff ahead of you and um, yeah, just best of luck. Definitely appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Matt.